I don't know about you, but I'm excited to have a weekend off from F1. It was a big double header. We're going into a big triple header. There are so many things we need to talk about this race. So we're going to touch on, did this race feel different, better, worse than last year? We're going to touch on viewership numbers, what our opinion of the actual race was this year, because last year wasn't so great. So did that improve? We're still going to have an extra long gossip grid today. Huge gossip grid today. There was so much pop culture that happened this weekend. It's the highlights of the weekend. I will likely go on some rant about something, and I'm gonna be a sad Mercedes fan today. So let's get into all things Miami GP, because I think there's a lot to unpack. Cold down on our wind up on the grid. It's lights out, and away we go. This week's grid walk. This is not sponsored by Furious Motorsports, but we did both wear our jerseys uh, completely unplanned. Yeah. We definitely share a brain right now. Yeah, completely. Both mush. just showing up. Yeah. But it felt fitting. I don't know why you chose to wear that today, but I was went to my closet and I was like, there was so much like baseball related things at the Miami GP. And I was like, ah, I'll wear my baseball jersey. Yeah, I mean, mine is Miami GP uh, related. So I covered yeah, the gaps between like baseball and Miami and Danny Ricardo. And like, since I still can't buy the Danny Ricardo hat that I really, gosh, Danny Rick having a Red Bull Miami hat that is not on sale is like a real torture thing to me. But it's okay. It's fine. It's okay. Because I have this fantastic in between. But yeah, no, we're really sharing the same brain. And I got to Again, not sponsored, but as exceeded expectations. I love these. They're so cute. You should get one. Everyone should. I just like that it's cropped. Love that it's cropped. It, and yeah. it, it, it like hits perfectly. It's the perfect crop. Like it's yep. like, oh, it's just long enough and yeah. really, really comfortable. Yeah. So I have the Lewis baseball jersey for those not watching. And the shoulder says it's hammer time. <laughs> and I love it so much. The 305. Yeah, no, we're really, it's very fitting here. But we share a brain. Lots of, uh, even from across the country, we're like, this is yeah. what we will wear. I'm shocked that we both made it out of Miami GP weekend spending not a ton of money on merch. Like, I only bought the Lewis 44 hat with the black and the neon yellow 44 from his pop-up shop. And I think that's the only Miami GP merch I bought. This is a live check of me trying to remember if I bought more than just the hat. Because I Oh, you did. I'm pretty sure you did. did. Which is why I'm about to say that I didn't spend a lot of money without... I did not go to the race. It didn't happen. The weather was gross. But... I just, I couldn't find the ticket. I couldn't swing it. I spent a lot of money on Lewis merch <laughs> because I may have gotten a shirt, some sweatpants and the hat, but I didn't go to the race. So it's okay. Right. Right. I was there while you were making that purchase. And I yeah, think it was partially a, you know what? I didn't go to the race today. So I'm going to buy the sweatpants. And I said, please do. Cause I want to know if they're soft. So for future mm -hmm. drops, I know whether or not I should buy the sweatpants. 
Mm-hmm. And the entire city, oh my God, the amount of people that were just covered in F1 merch, especially on my flight home and it, it, like hats, merch everywhere. And I was just like, I wanted to be there, but I watched it on TV. But yeah, it was weird. It was weird being like in Miami and every F1, everything everywhere and just n- not being literally there. Very strange. We're coming off Miami GP weekend. We don't normally do a ton of race recap talk. So I want to talk big picture about this race because F1 calls this their Super Bowl. And I think a lot of people miss what the Super Bowl actually is. And the Super Bowl is a giant spectacle of attention and peak uh, on-field performance. Um, So F1's goal with the Miami GP race is that everyone's talking about F1. They get a ton of media coverage and just overall attention. The goal, unlike in two weeks, we're going to have the Imola race. And at the Imola race, the goal is let's have a race (laughs) that people attend. The Miami race, the goal is attention, attention, attention. So my, this is year two of this. Uh, My question to you, Nicole, is do you think this year's Miami GP achieved that goal of as many eyeballs as possible on F1? It depends on what you want to deem as, as much as possible. I feel like it definitely felt different watching this year. It felt like there were certain things that the GP and just the production overall learned to do differently than they did last year. Mm -hmm. I do personally feel like Miami was missing the like, oh, it's the first year and it's brand new, which is weird because it's only the second year of it. And this is also just coming from someone that's like, I don't despise the Miami GP. I kind of understand that it's a giant spectacle of things. I don't know if maybe that's because this year there is a race that could potentially be more of like a glitz and glam and like, oh my gosh, it's more money and expensive like or anything else with Vegas coming up that maybe it, people are thinking like, oh, Miami can't be as glitzy and luxurious as it was. But it felt like there was some type of effort to get people to watch, at least on TV. I mean given ticket prices and things, it wasn't necessarily getting people to watch there (laughs) (laughs) as someone who would have loved to go, but like could not swing that because it was just too much and just couldn't balance it. So it just depends of like which eyes in person. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I agree that it did feel like it was missing something and it could be because Vegas is coming up. And you can't be the new shiny toy when there's a newer, shinier toy coming. I think this race was the first time I physically felt the not everything can be special if there are too many of them. Yeah. Like, there can't be so many gems on the calendar. Like, you can't have, like, I guess at this point it would be Monaco, Miami, and Vegas are supposed to be this, like, these like high celebrity coverage, these are for attention races. And on paper, thinking, oh, there's three of them, didn't feel like a lot going into the season. But this just felt like a race weekend where some celebrities were in the way from my viewing point. And no one take that out of context and think that I'm complaining because I love the chaos that is the Miami GP. (laughs) Like 
all the off-track hullabaloo and the chaos, like, I really enjoy that. And it's all, at least last year, was a particular Miami brand of chaos. And what I actually thought this year was I thought the event ran too well. There wasn't enough chaos. Like, it seems like they learned from last year and everything moved too efficiently. Nothing in Miami moves efficiently. There was no, like... Martin Brundle knew everyone's name and exactly who everyone was. And it just did not, like, have that little bit of... And I don't know if that's maybe because we just understand that everything in Miami runs, like, slightly off-axis. Like, it's like, oh, like, almost there, but, like, just enough that it happens. But, like, everyone is... (laughs) pounding Cuban coffee to like make it happen it's right. just a little bit of differentness I don't and you, know when we were talking before this you said something really smart and it was that there was nothing memeable this weekend and it got my brain really thinking about um, if the goal of the Miami GP is attention and eyes on F1 the social media component of that and having things that are weird or awkward or memeable are important to that. So mm-hmm. it's not that the Miami GP wasn't taking up my space in the internet world, but the problem is it was only taking up my space in the internet world that I'm a part of. And if you're listening to this, you were probably a part of, but no one asked me why there was a marina with no water. And no one asked me why a British reporter thought a basketball player was Patrick Mahomes. Like these are moments that you can't script or plan out that didn't seem to happen this weekend. And you would think like we'd be coming on here like, wow, it looked like such a well-run production. That's great. It's like, no, it was too well run. (laughs) Nothing ridiculous happened. I can't believe that. Like it's again, it's year two. And I'm like, yeah, it's the boats that aren't on water. Like I, it, that was so many people last year that just knew that I was into F1. That was like, so what's with the boats? What are right. the boats? Why are the boats? What are the boats? And then this year, even when the Miami GP posted, they had put pools near the boats. I was like, oh, this could be funny, but it just didn't take off. There's now just boats and it's a thing. And it's, it's still cool. Like it, it, whatever, if you want to, I think it's cool that right. people can spend, if I had a ton of money to be like sitting on a yacht in the middle of Miami gardens to watch an F1 race, I would, I would, if I had enough money to blow that. I don't. <laughs> so I think it's still cool that it's there, but it's not like, ha ha, look at this, not real water and this boat. It's so Miami. It's so ridiculous. For some reason, it didn't have that this year. Right. It didn't infest popular culture. And I think that's the really interesting part of the Miami GP where it works when people are talking about it. I I think I was thinking about it a lot, particularly after your memeable comment earlier today about, okay, if I was in that room and for context, we both work in marketing and I was like, is this or is this not successful? Like the amount of chatter about the event I probably would have deemed that in the unsuccessful column. I would, in the successful column, I'd be like, wow, that video production was so much better this year. And like the surrounding coverage was so much better. The race was so much better. So like, I actually thought this was an awesome race weekend, but it's weirdly held to a different standard where I was left feeling like lack of buzz overall. Yeah. And which is funny because like a big chunk of today, like is a gossip grid and there right. was a lot of pop culture content, but it didn't, I, it didn't burst 
so far out of the F1 pop culture zeitgeist than I feel like it did last year, which is nuts because, again, the list of celebrities is like, I have over 30 and I know I'm missing some that were there. Like, people made sure that they were there. Pat Mahomes went from the Kentucky Derby to Miami to the Grand Prix. Like, people wanted to make sure that they were at this race, but it just felt smaller feels like the only word to use. But I don't know if that's just because I wasn't there. I was in Miami. But yeah. people were. It just didn't have the earthquake online that I feel like it could have. Right. And I also don't right now know how to solve that. Like, if I was F1 and, like, brainstorming, I don't know what I would... I mean, actually, now I'm sitting here thinking about it, but I don't want to give them my ideas because I have some good ones now. But I'll tell you off. <laughs> Someone, you know, DM the Gridwalk account and I'll, like, tell you some fun ideas. But not giving these that just popped in my head to F1 for free. But I thought, so, like, transitioning also to viewership numbers, I don't think how we're feeling, at least in America, is alone. Because viewership was down 25% year over year. That's crazy. That's like, especially when we've been seeing numbers be relatively flat or just like, and yeah, but there's a lot of other sports going on and things, but 25% is huge, huge, especially when everything's been, you know, growing, stagnant, whatever. Lots of talk about what different things could be happening with the sport. I think, so it's really hard for me to compare it to other races because we, we were talking about how Miami is has a different goal. The Miami GP's goal is attention, new eyeballs, hope to get those eyeballs to stick around. So being down 25% still put the viewership for this race as the second most watched race, F1 race in America ever, specifically F1 race. So there was a lot of viewership, just not as much as last year. So I think that proves that there wasn't as much buzz. But there was... 1.9 viewers on ABC. And for context, 1.9 million, just to yes, clarify. Sorry, thank you. Person, people. Just, right. 1.9 million. 1.9 people. Like, just to like run through the numbers so far this year, comparatively, Bahrain had 1.3. Um, Saudi Arabia had 1.5. Um, the Australian GP had half a million, yes. um, but it was the middle of the night. Possible schedule. Right. Um, and uh, Baku was uh, just under one million, but that was also a, a crazy early hour in the U.S. market. All of those were either up or flat compared to their prior year counterparts. But if you asked me, like, what is the average cable viewership of an F1 race? I would say, depending on the time of day, Australia excluded, like 1 to 1.3 million people. So what the Miami GP number tells me is that there was 600,000 people who chose to watch the Miami GP that haven't watched another race this season, essentially. And like, if Miami's goal is attention and interest and additional interest, I still think that's a successful number. I think I think we all would be naive to think that they were going to beat last year's. Crazy. I, there was just so much buzz everywhere. And it's, it's weird to say that it's like, oh, it's America getting involved in it because like CODA exists. But it was just something about Miami being like a place that I think a lot of people have been to when it's Florida and the glitz and glam of it all. But 
it just didn't carry over to this year, I think. And as someone that, you know, enjoyed the race, I like Miami. I would love to go to the race again. It's There just needs to be some, like, reworking of certain pieces of it all because it's it seems like there's so much that it's, like, just throwing at the wall and seeing what sticks um, when I think they, they could do a little bit better than that. Um, so I love this leads content. me to there's just too much content sometimes well there's too much content and not enough memeable content like it's mm-hmm. like yeah there's a lot of content oh, and yes. the list of content nicole's gonna go through and talk about in gossip grid is it is great and extensive and we would like it but like it's not gonna bring someone into the sport and like mm-hmm. so miami's whole thing is okay you're gonna watch the miami gp because people are talking about it in the news and then hopefully you'll stick around so I think something I'm going to look into as we're in between races is after the spike of the Miami GP last year, did people stick around? And then I think this year it's like, do people stick around? Cause that was a good race. That was a lot of fun. It was great production. Like, I wonder if we're going to, at least for the next couple races, see a little bit of a, a peak because some people found F1 because they watched it this weekend. So right. in the, the reality, sorry, it was on ABC. So like, it's even yeah. just, you know, the people that could just like, oh what's this it's on and like even that could be such a small handful that discover it that way but espn isn't too far if you have cable so right (laughs) um all right but this leads me to a podium i wrote about this weekend which is missed miami opportunities thank goodness please give us give them free advice apparently now (laughs) we're giving them free advice yes but these are uh, a podium of things, actually of content, I think they should have created that I think would have went more viral or would have been funnier than some of the content that came out this week. P3 missed Miami opportunities. The severe lack of people trying Cuban food for content. I want to watch an F1 driver eat a croqueta. I wanted some, like, like just all of it. Like, Right. We got K-Mag eating a Chipotle burrito or a Chipotle burrito bowl. Let's get them eating croquetas. There's so much Cuban food. I would change lives. Come on. Right. And I would even extend that to just the severe lack of food trying. Like the amount of jokes everyone makes about like American food portion sizes. Like you're telling me you couldn't like put an IHOP, like one of the drivers in an IHOP or something random. Like I'm not like it doesn't need to be Miami specific, but like we need... Drivers eating food, period. I would prefer Cuban food. <laughs> All right. P2. There was no Sebastian the Ibis or Miami Maniac. Like, it's just such a missed content opportunity. Like, one, mascots in general, great content already. But both of those, like, very local mascots you're telling me none of them could go create content like imagine like sebastian the iris breaking his beak during like in front of someone who has no idea what's going on i'm really just trying to put drivers and personalities in spaces where they're confused <laughs> yeah it's basically again brianna's just trying to create more memeable content and as someone uh-huh. that knows how much it costs to have sebastian the iris at an event f1 can afford it like mm-hmm. not that it's cheap but for f1 it's cheap they could have Sebastian there. It would have worked. And if you don't know who Sebastian the Ibis is, educate yourself. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, I'll, I'll do a little bit of educating. But as a Miami Hurricane alum and fan, like 
the Miami Hurricanes play at Hard Rock Stadium. Like, that's not just Dolphin Stadium. And if you are in Miami and you're like, what is the football team of the city? It is the Miami Hurricanes. Like, the Dolphins don't matter. So the fact that everything... The fact that everything and everyone is just talking about like the dolphins, and I get that the dolphins are helping pay for the event, blah blah blah, but they like they have a working relationship with the university. Like it's a really easy way to get involved in the community and create better content. Also, Sebastian and the oh my god, but the Miami Maniac, like imagine him like gyrating yeah, around the paddock. One car. Um, anyone in the city of Miami, please do not come for me of any opinions about the Miami Dolphins. Although I am a Jets fan, J E T S, go Jets. Uh, what are you talking about? That's not a controversial opinion. Like, I know. No, no, it's not. It's not at all. Um, all right. P1 of Missed Miami Opportunities. Not having any drivers, particularly Valtteri Bottas, trying cafecito. Why wasn't there a single driver that took a shot of coffee and talked about how it tasted like jet fuel? Like... This is, it's like, you have so many drivers who love coffee, and this is the coffee of Miami. Like, no one, like, come on. Come on. It's too easy. It's too easy. They just, it's, that's all. They just could not, I don't know. They're busy making all that extra content elsewhere, and honestly, hanging out with the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> because they really did. There was a lot of Miami Dolphins, and I'm not going to get into it now, but... Yeah, this is the Miami Dolphin Grand Prix. I understand that it's in a football stadium. So it's in Hard Rock Stadium. So that is why uh, they put out so much football-related content. But a city that really doesn't care about football, period. Like, like, and (laughs) all the funny jokes that I saw people making online of all the, like, helmet graphics, and they kept quoting, like, uh, Friday Night Lights in the captions, and everyone's like, "This is not Texas." Like, I like you can't just quote football quotes from a Texas high school TV show that talks about Texas high school football and think You're it relates. Bad bunny lyrics. That's what it is. You didn't be like using Bad Bunny or Pitbull in your caption. You're not be quoting. You're <laughs> quoting Friday Night Lights. Like, it can't get more Texas than Friday Night Lights. Like, yep. the mark was so missed. And I'm not saying don't do football stuff. I'm just saying, like, understand the difference between Texas and Miami. It doesn't hit the same. You can't just put drivers in football helmets and then make the colors Miami Vice and then quote Friday Night Lights and think it makes sense. (laughs) Tim Riggins would not do well in Miami, Florida. (laughs) No one in that show would do well in Miami, Florida. (laughs) You're very right. Yeah, no one would do Yeah. (laughs) um so we speaking of football though you and i have both attended a ton of football games at that stadium too many too many Um, to count remember and forget so i figured because we have spent so much time in the stadium attending many football events we should both bring podiums that are moments where i mentally went during the weekend lol i've been plastered in that location and as a big major preface we are over the age of 21 this was when we were in college over the age of 21 and we want you to drink responsibly and we were drinking responsibly notice like i didn't like we didn't overdrink. being plastered does not mean (laughs) plastered 
doesn't mean you drank irresponsibly. It right. means you had Cuban bread and beer for breakfast. Right. Right. 100% <laughs> beer for breakfast. And then there were burgers being cooked during the tailgate to consume. Yeah. No. So everything was completely fine. And I figured we'd go back and forth. So do you want to start with your P3 or would you like me to start with my P3? Um, I am... I'll start with my P3. I just made like a last game time decision of mine. Ooh. I have like a last minute decision of what I wanted to rank. Um, okay, I will start. So my <laughs> turns 11 through 14. Basically the entire beach area. Uh, also where the Jonas Brothers performed. So it was a big, big weekend, a big, big spot. Uh, lots of memes there. But as I'm just watching anyone go down this turn after straight, um, or before straight now I'm like confusing the whole map and uh but I'm like yeah that's this is where younger me has lovely college memories so, <laughs> they, but it's literally on the map from turns 11 to 14. <laughs> yeah just a reminder this isn't a parking lot so these these are all the tailgate locations that we've been at it multiple times in our college career yes yes, yes. um all right my p3 uh, watching lights out on the start finish straight I had a, such an overwhelming memory of stumbling across that exact area to go to the stadium post tailgate pre-game like oh I gotta get to my seat to watch yes. <laughs> the, the start of the Miami Hurricanes game amazing amazing <laughs> Uh, my P2 of, uh, stumbling around Hard Rock was basically that entire paddock district. I would just go over there to use the bathroom because it wasn't a porta potty. And you have also. <laughs> so I watch where all these celebrities are walking in and they're like going through their fancy entrance and things. And I'm just like, mm hmm. I would take Dunkin' Donuts samples and use that bathroom. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> That's really similar to my P2 as well. <laughs> so after quality or the race, you know, the drivers had to walk to the FIA garage and then they had to cross that very specific area to get into the stadium where the paddock setup is. Watching all the drivers do that walk, that, that, I, that walk I know very well. <laughs> it's incredible. And unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I also the like all of the like, celebrities like strutting through that covered area that I'm talking about. Like that's the same area. Like that is where we all just like funnel in to go to our seats in the stands. Yep, and they're like celebrities. And then I'm like, ooh, some chicken fingers and then some football, which depending on what year it was, we lost or we won. <laughs> all right, well, what's your P1? My P1 and I am unbelievably proud of places that I've been plastered at Hard Rock Stadium. The literal paddock. I I have been, I have, I have uh, indulged in alcohol and then gone on that field.
Yeah, so. I, I should have went first because, yes, you've spent a lot of time on that field. <laughs> yeah, it just felt really fancy when they're like, oh, look at what all of this fun is going to be. We're bringing the paddock to here. And I'm like, what? This is this is this can't be allowed in uh, places of my college. Uh, oh, what college hooliganness? I don't know. I can't think of the right word. And if you look up, um, like the intro to Miami Hurricanes football games, like just know that the players and Sebastian the Ibis run out through smoke onto the field. It's really awesome. And Nicole has stood right there and watched them go. Yes, yes, yes. And it's super fun after uh, some tailgating, too. I mean, it's fun either way, but yeah, it's really wild. Uh, the first time I ever did it, I definitely might have maybe uh, took some uh, field grass and <laughs> have it in a memory box. So, <laughs> All right. My, my P1 is less exciting or more exciting. I don't know. My P1 is uh, the location where Charles crashed both days is uh, the, the fields we I've spent like two or three years tailgating on. I'm not clapping my car I'm not giving a clap. No, no. But it was like crazy to like watch him in the wall and I'm like, that's not a race circuit. Those are the frat fields. That, you know. The frat fields. Yeah, yeah that's um, just more, yeah, worst, worst accidents have occurred over in that frat field than uh, Charles's accident. Everything turned out fine. <laughs> yeah, so I think that was weird. That was so much of this race was me going, I've been there. That's weird. Yeah, just and imagine if there was an one. F1 race on your college campus. And that's kind of like what this is. It's very strange. And even now, and I've talked about it before. I will send Brianna videos at Miami F1 races of me at a tailgate. And then they're just like, oh, look, there's the starting grid. There it is. It's just there. It's crazy. I just see really funny, intoxicated videos of Nicole that is mostly just her running and her feet and being like, Brianna, this is the start to finish straight. And you just see the paint that's worn off on the ground. And she's just like stumbling around. warm up my tires. I gotta, you know, we gotta, woo. Uh Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, college is fun. Go Canes. Oh, so we talked a lot about all the off-track stuff because admittedly that's what this race is about. Like as we said up front, like the goal of this race is general media coverage, attention, hype, uh, which in some places succeeded and failed. But on track, this race was far improved to last year. Like I overall enjoyed watching this race. Like, there are definitely going to be parts of this season where I just feel a little disheartened. Like, well, I do have a podium of moments that murdered the happy Mercedes fan inside of me. But that has nothing to do with the actual race. I thought the race was overall pretty exciting and entertaining. And I was so glad we finally got a race with no flags. So we actually got to see strategy play out. Like, it was, it just reminded me why I love F1. Like, I don't love F1 because of, like, random red flags being thrown and, like, restarts. Like, I love watching the, over the course of the race, like, what teams made the right decision, what ended up being the right decision. Like, all of that stuff I find really fascinating. Um, so, maybe, I don't know how popular or unpopular the opinion is, but overall, I thought that was a fun race to watch. No, I mean, again, race itself, I enjoyed it 
it did feel again it's wild that it's the only race without any dnfs like whether it yeah. was some sort of internal problem or if it was a red flag or anything like that so it felt really rare which feels silly to say to be able to see a team at least in whatever ways they can control like <laughs> execute their strategy and whether in the amount of stops they're just entire mentality of it all and I love that. I love being able to see that because I, every single time that there's, you know, we see yellow flag or red flag and now there's a safety car and I just suddenly feel like I'm like holding my breath waiting for the race to start again of like, okay, so what's going to happen at the release of the safety car? Like, okay, is this going to turn into a red flag? And I feel like we've been doing that so much recently, not only just this season, but overall, especially in the last year that it felt very refreshing. So I enjoyed being able to watch a race. I enjoyed being able to watch some overtaking that wasn't just caused from a safety car and like that whole, like it just, it was great to watch. It felt great to see racing. Right. And the track didn't suck. The track was like they, like, rel I guess in comparison, I just had such low expectations of oh, Miami, yeah. <laughs> like Miami asphalt to begin with. Um, well, and I think these temporary circuits are always going to have limitations. Cause I wouldn't call this a full street track, even though there's walls, but like it is purpose built or it's words. It's not purpose built. Like this is, this is a parking lot that they put a racetrack in once a year. So that's always going to have limitations. And I don't, I don't know if this is going to become like a well-beloved track, <laughs> but the, to your point, the bar was so low last year that this felt like Oh, okay. I, next year, am not going to dread the race at this circuit. Like, and because coming into this year, I was like, I'm really worried about the actual race. And I know I'm going to enjoy all the pomp and circumstance and the festivities around it. And I'm really going to lean into it and focus on all of that stuff because that, and just like, pretend the race isn't good. And then the race happened and I actually thought it was really good and entertaining. And so, like, this might not be... I like a worst hated track kind of deal, like which is exciting. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's the unpopular opinion that we have. Um, Maybe, yeah. I feel like it's usually like races that people are like, it was great, and we're like, mm, okay, or just like, oh, it was so boring, and I'm like, what do you mean? This is so interesting <laughs> and fun to watch. Um, I also think it's very hard for people, and this is totally human and normal. If this is anyone listening I think it's really hard to sometimes separate your feelings about the festivities around the Miami Grand Prix and the race itself so like I think a lot there's a large portion of people who really just hate the pomp and circumstance and therefore I don't think they're ever going to like this race and that's okay right. um and then I also think there are some people who love the pomp and circumstance and then they might disproportionately like the track even though the track is just like, eh. Under but the Florida Turnpike. Right. Which I think is hysterical, but not everyone's gonna think is great. But it's it's going to be continue to be divisive. But my big thing about the F1 calendar, and not we don't have to get into a whole calendar discussion right now, we're only five races into this year, is I do like that there's diversity among it, and like there's so many different tracks and they give so many different things and Miami and Vegas and Monaco give a very specific thing and it's not always good racing and that's okay like I think it's okay that we have a couple but it really wasn't like I actually I don't know if you've 
scene, like, I keep watching on a loop Lewis's overtake of Charles. Because it is the perfect, in my mind, like, what a DRS overtake we should be striving for. Because he used DRS to get up next to him, but then had to make an amazing move through the turn to get it to stick. And that's what a lot of the non-Red Bull-related race was. It was all of these, like, really hard-fought... I thought, after all the talk about it, they did a great job of making the length of the DRS zones really great, and it made for great action, right. and... I don't, there's, there's actually so much that happened. <laughs> no, it literally was enough... Enough zone for there to be action and for their, like, drivers to find the opportunities if everything is working technically right. to race. Car. But, yeah, like, it's not the track's fault. It's not... But to your point, yeah, it's not... It's that weird in-between of a street circuit and not a street circuit, and it's never going to be perfect, but with how upset drivers were with the conditions last year, that was obviously like should have been an easy fix. And it seems like it relatively was. Yeah. They resurfaced it. There was actual tech pro in barriers this year. Like, like basic things that made it for an enjoying experience to watch. I do think this might be something I propose to talk about next week because there's a lot to get into here. But I do think we need to talk tires at some point, which I know is not the sexiest conversation, about how for most of the races this year, the tires that are brought don't degrade. Multiple drivers did this entire race on hards because they pitted in the first three or four laps. What? And it, I don't think, I don't So there's something about the construction of the tires this year that is actually leading to worse racing. Because we've yet to have a true two-stopper this year. If I... Yeah, and I don't want to watch a race with everyone on hards. I don't. I don't. I Like, that, no. We need two-stop races. Yeah. And Pirelli's, in Pirelli's own words, they their goal is to design tires to make two-stop races. And for yeah, some, they like, also something... need to sell more tires. <laughs> um, but before we wrap up talking about the race, because we really talk so much about the race, for sure. Um... <laughs> Race, 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 Miami. Race, race, it was fun. We liked it. Um, Red Bull. You want to hear my moments that just like destroyed the no, happy work yeah. fan in me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's continue to be sad. All right. I, I, I just, I had a moment of, do I flip, flip the order of this? Okay. I think I'm going to go with P3. How happy I felt that the Mercedes drivers ended P4 and P6. Because I don't, like, the fact that my expectations. <laughs> I don't mean to be a double sad, but it just honestly. It deserved a double sad. Deserved a double sad. The fact that my expectations were so low that at the end of Sunday, P4 and P6 felt like celebration worthy. It made me. It made me sad. It also again on a, and if you follow us on Gridwalk Show, literally our clip of our predictions of last week of you like Lewis is gonna be on the podium, so George is P4, and it's like well, kinda, but no. 
like it's the saddest of happy sad because it's not happy sad for a Lewis fan, but you you did you manifested wrong, but right, but wrong. Yeah, I I've never like, I predicted Georgia before. I should be happy. I got I really really extended my lead this week in our so much, so much. <laughs> but I. I thought the Mercedes car was actually going to be good this weekend. So when I hit the point of the weekend where I was celebrating Lewis and P6, I felt devastated. Um, yeah, you got more, you got like the most like opposite of a Lewis podium. I think you literally could have possibly had with a double Red Bull and an Alonso. Right, P2. Um, when to all of Toto's quotes saying that they still don't understand the car. Thank you for being honest with us. Please lie. Go back to lying. Yeah. I did, yeah. I, although I still just, it just does feel worse. This does, you're so right. It feels so much worse. Emma, what? I don't know. I can't. I'm a sad Mercedes fan. Oh my God, but we made it to Emma, to your point. We made it to Emma. But my P1 was when Lewis was out in Q2. I wanted to chuck something at the wall. I, um, so this thing, if you, fun fact, if I haven't talked about this on the pod yet, since normally we watch these races in the early in the morning and I'll watch qualifying or the race or whatever, if I'm frustrated, I immediately go on a walk. But the Miami ones are so late in the day that I normally don't. But no, I literally shut it off. I wanted to chuck my computer at a wall that I was watching it through and then just went for like a two and a half mile hike. I was like, I need to sweat out my frustration. So if you ever were like, wow, that was a bad Lewis showing, something went awful. What is Brianna doing? She's like aggressively hiking up a mountain <laughs> trying to let out her frustration because sports care too much. Yeah, when, when I when I get literally not a single message from Brianna during anything, it's not, it's not. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to just... We'll wait here when she's back. <laughs> Lance was out in Q1 and Lewis was out in Q2. I like, look, I'm happy for Carlos, but that Ferrari is not worth rooting for this year. These are my three favorite drivers, by the way. If anyone's like, why is she randomly talking about Lance and Carlos now? So it was like, it just was, it was rah. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's not fine, but it's fine. No, but we're at Imola. So everything better get better is what. If we are leaving the Spanish Grand Prix after this triple header, so a month from now, and we're having a conversation, and it's that the Mercedes car still stinks, and there's no hope, I will just cry on the podcast. And on that episode of Gridwalk, give them, yeah, that's it, something for our listeners to seriously look forward to, but same, the cry episode, wait for it. It's basically inevitable. <laughs> not actually. But just to be clear, I will not be crying on the podcast. I right, will just no, be crying. Not. Yeah. No. I don't want someone to be like, we promise us crying. It's just like, no, I'll just be like incredibly devastated and probably sit there and break down like nerdy tech stuff about why we should be devastated. I'll give, I'm going to give a formal PowerPoint presentation about why I'm sad. Is honestly what will probably happen. Hey podcast listeners, Gossip Grid here, your guide to F1's Paddock Elites. Hello everyone, welcome back to Gossip Grid, and I literally think this may be the 
biggest, most jam-packed pop culture episode yet. Uh, Miami gave us a ton to talk about. There was a lot of big things that I had to talk about, even if it doesn't have to do with Miami, so I'm going to talk about them anyway. So there is a lot to talk about, so buckle up, keep up, because I'm going to go through absolutely all of it. And I talked a little bit about it last week, but guess what? I'm going to talk about it again. Danny Rick went to the Met Gala, and it was incredible. Uh, his outfit looks great. He had a good time, but now we're getting all of the behind the scenes of it all. So GQ Sports was literally all over the Miami G people. We'll get more into them later, but of course, they found the opportunity to talk to Danny Rick about his experience in the Met Gala and fangirling over Anne Hathaway. And Anne Hathaway knew who he was, and he fangirled, and I fangirled, and you fangirled and we all fangirled about him fangirling because the queen of Genovia deserves it. Vogue does these incredible really short videos with some big stars every single year getting ready for the Met Gala. There's a four minute video of getting ready with Danny Rick going to the Met and I could not believe that I received this gift from the pop culture gods. Uh, Getting glam with his first uh, entire Met Gala crew. He was incredibly nervous throughout the video. He's saying that he was more nervous than he was for any F1 race because it was out of his comfort zone. And that's really wild for a guy that does thrill-seeking sports for not only his job, but also for his hobby. He ended the video, of course, there's the branding king that he is, but ends it the sign-off of, thanks for helping me put on my pants for the Met. Thanks to Tom Brown for making me look cute and ends with Enchante because he's the brand king that he really is. He was wearing Tom Brown. He was basically matching Jenna Ortega, which was the vibe. And he was covered in this beautiful tweed jacket and suit, which was very, very Chanel, super on theme. And his favorite part about the entire thing about working with Tom Brown is that they don't button the top button on the shirt, which is great for his big F1 neck. And big update, big, big news. This is so important to my entire existence. I have a Danny Rick and Harry Styles bromance update. Danny Rick was featured on a podcast, on the uh, on a Nova podcast interview, and he revealed he received a pleasing PR package. So he's on the pleasing PR list. He didn't know that it was called pleasing. He said it was Harry's Cosmetics line, and we regret not giving them a shout out, and that it was really nice of him. But I'm going to take that as their friends. It's going to happen. They need to meet. It's almost happening through the year. It's on my 2023 bingo card, but Danny Rick gets Harry Styles PR, and that's just absolutely incredible to me. Esteban Ocon is continuing to pursue some type of model career. Not actually, but we saw him with a leather maker manufacturer, a really prestigious brand called Perluti, and he was modeling their summer 2020 summer 2023 collection and properly their Lorenzo Drive loafers but shout out to Esteban and again great pick for a brand using a driver that has a really wonderful face charisma personality and brand to support your brand as well great pick for Esteban (laughs) exactly get that coin Uh, Major League Baseball and Formula One kind of starting to have a little bit of a mini crossover this is where we're starting to branch into the Miami vibes, but not fully just yet. So besides Brown and I's uh, baseball jersey-themed outfits this week, we got to see the lovely boys of Alfa Romeo. VB and Joe got to go visit the Marlins last week throughout the first pitch. So I was really excited about it and created like this really adorable Instagram post, exchanged jerseys, and the post that shook me to my core as a New York girl, although I am a Mets fan, Charles 
at the Yankees game, throwing out the first pitch in a Yankees jersey, backwards hat and all. Charles is a Yankees boy and could be from Long Island if I didn't know that <laughs> he was from Monaco. Now, it is time Nothing for us. A- like more fitting than Charles as a Yankee boy when you said that. He was like, genuinely, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, Ferrari are the Yankees. So, that's 100%. Okay. He looks I, like I, oh, he looks like a Yankee fan. Like he again, he put the Yankees hat backwards, and it was like every boy I grew up with. I mm-hmm. I felt like such a flat. I was like, whoa. whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So apologies for the interruption. No, I just it's, it's again, it's incredibly spot on. And now we're about to dive into the. Miami fun and it's actually a really great transition because we get to talk about the token apparently to the world right now F1 American driver Logan and the token Florida boy who I also feel like I went to their token Florida man I think I went to college with like a hundred different Logan sergeants uh, but this boy was everywhere was all over the place he was interviewed by GQ. He was interviewed by Sports Illustrated. I got to touch on upon some of the things that he did one of those interviews of the 10 things that he can't live without. And I, in my opinion, this was kind of lame, although we shared some interest. On his list was his F1 helmet, which like, yeah, okay, you literally can't live without it. But like, you have 10 things to show GQ. Maybe don't show your F1 helmet. That literally is saving your life. He is a Heat fan, and as a Florida boy born and raised in Homestead right now, I do respect that. He grew up in, like, the prime of Wade County, LeBron, and everything, so I did appreciate that he pointed that out. I love lemonade. He shouted out Arnold Palmer. I would find literally lemonade in the desert if I had to, so I will respect Logan for that. Uh, But everyone's referring to Logan Sargent. Not everyone, but GQ... And Sports Illustrated kept referring to him as America's great F1 hope, and that's just a lot for me. And I cannot leave all of my F1 hope riding on Logan. And it's a lie? F1 is this popular in F in America right now, despite not having like they didn't that I I I didn't know that. Yeah. I have a lot to process. But I also think Nicole is actually underselling her love of lemonade and Arnold Palmer. So I'll just throw in that topic. Yeah, we studied abroad and I literally cried because Italy doesn't give you non-sparkling lemonade. It's horrible. But it's fine. I love Italy so much. (laughs) Okay, I'm now diving into this insane celebrity list because I could not get over it. And I know that I'm missing people and I'm not going to go through all of them because we'll literally be here forever. So I'll only go through some of my favorites. So if I miss your favorite, don't get mad at me. These are only some of mine. So I have to start off with the Jonas Brothers. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe all of the Jonas Brothers are at a Formula One race. They performed. They were the performers of the Formula One race. I was not able to attend because of prior commitments, and that's fine. I did see Joe, DJ, and Winwood on Sunday, and that made it totally fine. But they hung out with Alpine. There's like a really interesting video of Pierre chatting up with Joe and Nick and Kevin and this being Nick's first Formula One race and it's wild to see the Jonas Brothers on the grid and I want them at every single race more 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 please be please and the Jonas Brothers performed in the parking lot that we tailgate just just it just needs to be said one more time <laughs> by P3 and if it wasn't it's on the list there uh but yes yeah they performed at the beach 
have to just quickly shout out Shakira because Shakira is Shakira. We saw Brad Pitt and Damson Idris there, who of course are doing the movie with Lewis Hamilton. The F1 movie coming up with Lewis Hamilton with Apple TV. ASAP Rocky stopped by and visited Lewis at Mercedes on Thursday, but he was without Where Rihanna. Where is Rihanna? Where right. is Rihanna? I get it. She's pregnant. She probably doesn't want to be in the Miami Heat, but selfishly, ASAP Rocky, you can't show up and hang out with Lewis Hamilton and not bring Rihanna and not expect me to ask where where is Rihanna. Thank you. I mean, I'm not, yeah, like, come on. <laughs> Rihanna will make her appearance at the Miami GP in due time. It'll happen. She made it to the Super Bowl. She'll make it to this F1 Super Bowl. <laughs> Tom Cruise, no surprise, hanging out with Mercedes because he's the biggest Lewis Hamilton fangirl besides literally this podcast. Uh, he was not officially part of the Mercedes pit crew, but he did get to do some practice imagination. He probably was like, let me put on a tire and help. And they let him and they did. Uh, it also kind of ended up being this weekend, the Fast and Furious PR, because literally every single member, not every single member, but main characters of the Fast and Furious Familia were there. Vin Diesel, maybe the new king of selfies I've ever seen because he just took a selfie everywhere, full up high, like selfie stick mode entirely. Ludacris, Michelle Rodriguez, congratulations to Lando that got to do a fast lap with her in the car. Um, that's, there you go. Fast and Furious literally took the opportunity to be there. Wonderful PR movie. LL Cool J was there, but everyone knew that because of driver intros. And I think he did a wonderful job with what he had to do. And there could be improvements, and it was America, and I loved how hyped him and Lewis were together. Justice for Esteban Ocon, because I know there was more written on that card than his relationship to Pierre. Pierre got introduced as a race winner, and you don't do that to Esteban? You just say that he's now not fighting with Pierre? Justice for Esteban. We respect Esteban. Always justice for Esteban. Um... (laughs) My, I cannot say favorite podcast, F1 podcast uh, host, because that is literally myself and Brianna. Jack Shepard was also at the F1 race. He was a guest at the Alfa Romeo garage. He was there with one of his co-hosts, Perfect Ten Charlie. I just love to see that he gets to kind of jump around the garage, depending on which race he visits, because I think I would want to do that too. Olympian Lindsey Vaughn was there. She says she's going to Vegas too and is really excited. Pat Mahomes was there, and he literally came from... Sh- the Kentucky Derby and when being interviewed they're like you were just at the Derby and his response was I'm everywhere um Paolo Vonchero was also at the uh, Miami GP this year which surprisingly enough not surprisingly enough funny enough last year this is who Martin Brundle thought was Pat Mahomes and they had a great little reunion and he was really excited to have Martin Brundle remember who he was this year and actually know his name Uh, Tyreek Hill got to do some fun things at Alpine. He sat in the car. Thank God they did not let him drive the car. Will I Am may potentially be my biggest surprise of biggest F1 fan possibly ever. He had his fit. He had his song that was the formula with Lil Wayne. Um, He conducted an entire orchestra of violin players who set the stage of the introductions of the Drivers' Championship, and there's going to be an entire album that's Formula One themed. Will I Am showed up and, like, let the world know that he is into Formula One, and that he's also a Mercedes fan. Uh, not my favorite song I've ever heard, but I'll listen to the rest of the album. 
Uh, so again, lots of other celebrities were there, but that is just a really, really quick list of everyone that we saw. The watch brand, a big partnership with Mercedes and Lewis, the IWC celeb basketball game. Um, Lewis showed up in fun pink pants, so wasn't really intense competition. I'm sorry, you were pausing for me, and I wasn't sure if you were going to say other words. I was totally on me. Hi, editing, Brianna. Have fun editing this out. I'm sorry. This is... This was one of my favorite things that happened the entire weekend because the photos of Lewis Hamilton sitting in front of that giant mural of his own face was just icon only things. It was incredible and the pink pants like this really set the tone for Lewis Hamilton Fashion Week, which is what this week really really was at its core. And the cause, like, I don't think, everyone's talking a lot about the brand, but the cause is really cool that they're, he's partnering with all of the brands that sponsor him and Mercedes to do efforts to get kids, particularly kids who grow up in, like, lower socioeconomic areas, like, into STEM and engineering and math and, like, all these areas and introducing them to these pipelines of jobs that they could do in their future. Uh, and hearing Lewis talk about that and that he wants to expand Mission 44 into the US and into Africa and like, like all the work he's doing is really cool. So at first, like this was marketed as a celebrity basketball game for a watch company. And the reality is like, like this wasn't a public access event, but they just brought in like, tons of local kids and they got to meet Lewis and hear about like job opportunities. And like, it was really cool and random. <laughs> You're right. And that's why, like, even basically every celebrity there was fangirling about Lewis Hamilton. I mean, see who was like, I get to play basketball with Lewis. And I'd be like, same. That would literally also be my reaction to getting to play basketball with Lewis. I mean, I would also then be like, where's Roscoe? So, uh. And he wasn't bad. Like, no, I'm so used to seeing, we saw so many drivers throwing footballs, doing football drills. I've seen every driver on the grid at this point shoot a basketball. And Lewis actually looks like he has shot a basketball before. And I can't tell you the joy that that brought me watching him make free throws and like understanding follow through. And like, it just, like, I think every F1 driver should get lessons in here's how you shoot a basketball and here's how you throw a football. Football, I get it. They're not American. That's not part. But, like, basketball is an international sport. Someone help these boys who are not named Lewis Hamilton. Charles Leclerc can hear you. <laughs> I mean, it's entertaining. Maybe it's more entertaining that they can't do it. But if I have to watch another F1 driver go like this with a football and you can watch us on YouTube and you can see what, but I'm basically just like shovel passing like awkwardly in front of my chest. Like, just at least like put your, shout out to Lance Stroll and at least throw a football. Okay, that, <laughs> I, I didn't expect to rant. We have this whole like notes of like all of Nicole's notes about Gossip Grid. And she's like, where do you want to jump in? And this was not one of those moments. I just became very passionate about this topic. Yeah, we're <laughs> moments. We've just, I mean, it's great. It's so, it's not wrong. <laughs> Another major huge American brand and sponsor of Mercedes, Tommy Hilfiger, released special merch specifically for this race. Uh, on my entire flight home, this is where the FOMO hit so hard for this race, is the amount of people wearing this Tommy Hilfiger merch. It was A-plus branding. The sweaters are great. The hats look so good. 
the hats look so good. It was with the brand Awake, at, um, a New York-based company, and was co-created with Tommy Hilfiger and Mercedes. And it's just a one-of-a-kind collection. It's expensive, but it looks just unbelievable. Um, and it definitely gave me real FOMO. Lewis wore Tommy Hilfiger this weekend, but he was also covered in so much Louis Vuitton all weekend. His fits blew me out of the water. I can't get over all of the sparkles that he wore. Louis Vuitton, like, unbelievably hooked him up this weekend. What was your favorite day? I really think it was Sunday. Your comment made me go back to look at his other fits because the like all his Louis Vuitton fits were so good. But I think I'm coming off of like a Speak Now announcement. He's rocking <laughs> and him in like that whole entire sequin like black purple-ish outfit. That was that's it. That's all different. But there was no wrong choice for the weekend. I think you described it when we were talking on Sunday that it was like if he was in a Star Wars Speak Now Taylor's version outfit. And it just felt like, yeah, I sent it to you screaming, like, Lewis Hamilton celebrating Speak Now Taylor's version. <laughs> because he's just covered in, like, purple. It. it was like, that's going to be different. But I'm like, my brain is just screaming. I'm like, the background, whatever, it was either F1, whichever official account posted it, it had to be jeweled as the background music. And then I'm just like, I don't know if it's Taylor Swift and I don't know if it's Star Wars and I don't know if it's Louis Vuitton, but I think I love all of it. But it's Lewis Hamilton and that's... And that's, yeah. that's the real answer. The Instagram account, Amazing Lou, which pulls together all the outfits and the sources, I think she collectively pulled over the course of this weekend 12 to 15 different fits from different things. And I, like, he captioned his dump today, Lewis Hamilton Fashion Week, and that is what this week was. It was Lewis Hamilton Fashion Week. Yep. Um, but I think the, I think Friday outfit, which was the Louis Vuitton that sparkled when he moved, like, that's like the grayish color, like, that was probably my favorite because when I saw the video of him moving and it sparkling, I, I screamed. I was like, this is the most incredible thing. I've seen him wear in years. More <laughs> sparkles, more sparkles. Yeah. Keith Lewis in sparkles. I love that sparkles are in fashion. This is great. So much fun. <laughs> uh, so now we have to talk about the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, yes, we were talking earlier. This is at Hard Rock Stadium. The Miami Autodrome is also Hard Rock Stadium. And this is an entire track built around an official NFL stadium. And no one, I think, takes advantage, and yes, they are helping on the race, but, like, Miami Dolphins are like, if we're going to be a part of this and we're going to be here, we're going to show up and we're going to get people involved and we're going to be like, hello, we are here, we are here, we are here. Um, there were jerseys in the conference room for every single player. There were jerseys at the end of the race. There were Miami Dolphin helmets at the end of the race. There have, was legitimately an entire NFL F1 driver combine that happened on Thursday that basically like F2 drivers, reserve drivers, everyone could compete in it. Um, surprising podium for this is you got a P3 um, for the official what is being called as the F1 Miami drivers combine. Nico Hulkenberg in P3, Nick DeVries in P2, and not surprising to me, P1 is Pierre. Hey, Nico Hulkenberg got a podium finally. Oh my goodness!
life class. I can't even, I can't even sound or clap. That was, wow, 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 wow. Um. <laughs> I think I just broke Nicole's brain. I did that because it is, he did it and there was no trophy involved. <laughs> hey, we don't know that, but we haven't seen any contact with the trophy. I hope there is. I really hope. If there's not, hey, we've given you a lot of content ideas today, my F1. Like, please, someone, like, now they're giving out that trophy for the Driver Overtake Award um, of the month, which is, like, like, so I think there should, like, at, at Imola, I want someone to have to sit down with Nico Hulkenberg and present him with a P3 trophy for the Miami Drivers Combine. <laughs> um, and in between all of the NBA playoff fun and yes, whatever sprained ankle, Jimmy Butler got dinner with Esteban. Like, of all of the players in the world that you would pick to having dinner with Esteban and vice versa, I don't necessarily think I would have necessarily said right now in this busy time it would have been Jimmy Butler and Esteban, but I was pleasantly surprised and it was, I wonder what they talked about. I wonder what they ordered. I have a lot of questions. Uh, and overall, I just have to acknowledge again, the this is all about the eyes on the city of Miami. This is all about the eyes on the Grand Prix. This is, race is not about the race, which is, I think, again, something a lot of people are missing. The coverage of this race just in the American zeitgeist was absolutely unreal. GQ Sports was literally all over the place. Had individual interviews with Daniel on social, with Alex and Lewis and Oscar on their pages, on their own social accounts. There was a ton of Miami news coverage. Every single local TV station, radio station was reporting live from the race. You could not turn on the TV in Miami and not see someone at the Grand Prix. The Washington Post was covering the F1 race. So there was content there. It may have not been as sparkly, shiny as new as it was in years previous, but it's still being deemed important enough for American news media outlets to want to cover. And I think that'll continue to grow. And I think this was an interesting year of seeing GQ and an outlet really taking advantage and doing something differently besides like, it's a race in Miami and this is Formula One. They took it as, get to know the drivers. Here you go. Here's these profiles. So hopefully next year we'll see more stuff like that. I think it's it's interesting. It's good to point out that American news outlets don't currently send people actively around the globe with F1. Like the way British media outlets like Sky Sports go to every race. Like ESPN just normally takes Sky Sports coverage and then they work and collaborate with people who already are going to the races. Like Nate Saunders is one of them. He works a lot with ESPN and uh, he might have an official ESPN title now, but that wasn't the origin of that relationship. He always went to all the races. Uh, so a like it is abnormal for GQ to obsessively to send someone to an F1 race, like you're saying. And even ESPN, the amount of content ESPN created and interviewing all the drivers and like, that's why F1 cares about Miami. <laughs> like, so if you're ever like wondering like what makes this so different? Like, why is this such a big deal for F1? It's because they can get outlets like GQ to just be there and make so much content all day and talk about F1 in a way that they don't normally. A lot of people that now know that Alex Albon is scared of flying and that's because of GQ Sports. 
So again, that was a huge jam-packed gossip grid There was a lot going on. I'm sure I missed some things. I'm sure I missed some people, but did my best. And I can't wait for the next one. Can't wait for the next pop culture roundup on gossip grid. Thank you. And we will definitely see you next time. Welcome back to the Yellow Sector Notes. Normally, I give you one note and make sure we hit every F1 garage because we think there are interesting stories up and down the paddock, even if we can't talk about all of them in depth. Now today, everything I wanted to put in the Yellow Sector Note have already been covered because we talk about almost everything that happened at the Miami GP, whether in our extra long gossip grid or in other places. So we are about to head into a triple header on the European leg of the F1 season. And I thought I would give every single team a bit to be hopeful for on-track related reasons. Now, Red Bull fans, your car is a rocket ship. You don't need more reasons to be hopeful. And your drivers are even acting polite and haven't killed each other yet. This is not for you. Go be happy somewhere else. This is the coping corner. Bye. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe. All right. Starting with Aston Martin. Despite this week Ferrari bringing a really significant upgrade with their brand new floor, their, your car in Fernando Alonso's hands is still comfortably the fastest car not named a Red Bull. Which for a team that everyone was like, wow, they started a season fast, the fact that you're still holding on to that comfortable speed, that's great. Be happy with your podium. Mercedes fans, you did it, we did it, we did it. We made it to Imola and we're only six points behind the Aston Martin, despite constantly being the fourth fastest team on track, particularly in qualifying trip. Also this weekend, Lewis's pace on hards, once he got in clear air, really impressive. Like again, fastest car not named Red Bull or the Aston in Fernando Alonso's hands specifically. Like we did it, we made it to Imola. All right, Alpine, it seems like your upgrade was all right and your qualifying pace was similar to the Mercedes qualifying pace. And Alpine has stated that their goal is to fight consistently with whoever is fourth from that top group. And it does seem like your upgrade has gotten you closer to that goal. And without all the operational commotion, you were there, congratulations. Haas, one lap pace. Fantastic, K-Mag starting P4, but he was in Q3 on merit with or without the red flag that put him at P4. But also he was fighting with the Ferrari on track. Bask in that glory. Alphatari, it looks like Yuki is taking a real step forward as a driver. You, I, look, I'm not gonna lie. I, that car is probably the slowest on pace overall so far this season, but yet Yuki has finished every race 10 or 11. So like, that's a great thing to know that you have a driver that you can be confident is getting the most out of the car. Williams. I can never pick Yuki to get points because then he just falls outside of the points and it's my fault, not his. Thank you. Well, I think my favorite part of that prediction is that, um, and we have a video of this on our social channels now, at Gridwatch Show, if you wanna go check it out, Nicole picks Yuki for P10, and then in the same breath says, well, he's not gonna finish P10 now that I picked him. So Nicole's prediction was both right and wrong at the same time. That's like you with George. That's, this is this is George and Lewis. Yep, all over again. Podium, but George P4. Yep. Williams. Hold on tight to Alex Albon. Pray he will not be hired away from you because 
wow, he's a good driver. And, like, just, just love him. Just be happy he's there. Uh, but, Williams, you continue to really close the gap to the top. It's You're one of the only teams that's consistently developing year over year at a faster rate than Red Bull. So, this at this point last year, the Williams was over two seconds behind uh, the fastest car at that time, which was the Ferrari in qualifying trim. This year, it was about a second behind. So, these are good. They're looking up. I'm actually really positive for the Williams team. I don't think you'll be great by the end of the season, but like, next year? Yeah. Yeah. Looking good. Alfa Romeo, you have upgrades coming. Valtteri did okay this week, and there were no DNFs. And like, both of your cars made it to the finish line, and I think you needed a week like that. So like, that's, you know, that, that's a win. It's a win. Win is a win. <laughs> and last but not least, Ferrari. Ferrari. So, so what I have for you is, um, you had the fastest pit stop this week. And for a team that has consistently struggled with pit stops, that's a win. And all of your pit stops were good. It's not that you had one really good fast one. Like All of them were consistently really good. You made up a lot of times in the pits. And your pace was okay it, until your car started to eat its tires and Carlos had to slow down. But your pace really, I look, I'm not gonna lie. Your pit stops were great. <laughs> so live in that. And I think anything going right in Ferrari right now is a win. So those are my yellow sector notes. I hope overall that I made you feel really good about some aspect of your team's on-track performance. We cannot all be Red Bull, but we can all cope together. Nicole, how was my time today? Um, Brianna, I think you forgot like a piece of hope for McLaren? No. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, McLaren fans. Not sorry. Uh, well, I gotta give, as always, a big, big thank you to VoiceOver Man. Thank you to Joe Jonas for breathing and existing. And to our four-legged executive producers. Turn on auto-downloads, rate and review the pod. I literally cannot ex like even attempt to exaggerate how much it would mean to us for you to rate and review the pod and give us some feedback. Really, really helps us out, especially if you're listening on that wonderful, really pretty purple app the Apple Podcast app. Pretty please let us know what you think and what you're liking the pod. Maybe you want to hear us talk about something, try something out. We'd love to continue to improve the show. Follow us on any social media platform that you use. We are at Gridwalk Show everywhere for your daily grid walks. And we will be back every Thursday and we sincerely hope that you join us. Today felt like a grid swim next to the fake boats and not a grid walk. <laughs> You know, all weekend I just wanted to swim next to the big boat.